0: Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen. We're doing part two on alcohol and the Christian today. So last time we talked about how Jesus's first miracle was turning water into wine, that the Bible does not say that alcohol is actually a sin, but being drunk with it, being addicted to it, where the alcohol actually makes you do things as opposed to the spirit of God. So Ephesians 5:18, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. But keep in mind that the Bible does advocate for the use of alcohol for medicinal purposes, uh, even for uh, celebrations, just because you like the drink uh, on, when you're on your deathbed. So there are several reasons the Bible advocates for it. Alcohol is not actually a sin. It is what you do with it that can become a sin. That being established from the last one, if you haven't heard it, you might want to go back and listen to the previous episode, uh, episode number four. What we're going to cover today is specifically the caution in regards to all areas of life, but it can be directly applied to this uh, area of alcohol for Christians. There is a passage in scripture, first Corinthians chapter eight, that we're going to talk about today. I'll read it real quick and then I'll just explain it, uh, for you as far as what it's referring to what it says, starting in verse eight, but meat commendeth us not to God for neither. If we eat, are we the better? Neither if we eat not, are we the worse, but take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see thee, which hast knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple. Shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when you sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat makes my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Let's break it down a little bit. First of all, let me explain where this comes from. So back in Bible times, when this was written in the first century, there were lots of pagan temples in the Jewish realm. What they did in those days was they would offer blood sacrifices. They would take a live animal. They would sell it in the marketplace to people who were coming to these temples. And then the person would bring it into the priest of that temple and offer it to their God. They would either kill it or um, burn it on an altar or various means of of disposing of that meat. However, because most of those religions were not ethical, there was a lot of things that they did wrong, what they would do is then they would take that uh, meat and salvage what they could from it if they didn't burn it all up, you know, like a small dove or something. And they would eat some of it, the best cuts of it, and then they would take the rest of it to the marketplace and sell it and make money off of it a second time. A lot of these priests, um, I should say religious people in the pagan religions, were basically in a racket. (laughs) They were selling these animals for sacrifices in the name of their God and making money off of it. Then they were slaughtering them, draining the blood from them, sacrificing them in whatever way their God required. And then they would eat the best meat that the worshiper had paid them to kill. And so they would be profiting off it a second time and they would be eating, you know, filet mignon if there was a cow that was, um, sacrificed. It most likely it was like goats and sheep and birds and things like that. Then with the excess, because you got to understand there's dozens of people, maybe hundreds of people coming to the temple every day. So they would eat their fill and then they'd have all this raw meat or half cooked meat left over. And so they would take that to some merchant that profited off of them and they would sell it for pennies and they would profit off it a third time. So these people were getting rich off of it. Well, the merchants would take this meat that had either been seared or the skin burned or it wasn't the whole animal, it was only a part of it, a cut of the meat, like a steak or something. And then they would sell it really cheap in the marketplace after hours, if you will, maybe in the afternoon or late evening. So most people were gone, but the people that were frugal and the poor people would know that these were the times to come to purchase cheap meat so that they would have food. So Christians, those that were in the know, were getting in on this and actually buying meat cheaply and using it for their food. Now, nothing wrong with that. So what this Bible passage is talking about is it's saying Basically, there were Christians who were fighting about this. Typically, like we do here in America today, Christians fight about all kinds of things. We find reasons to nitpick and say that we're better than another Christian. And that is what they were doing. And it had gotten such a big problem in the New Testament church in the first century that Paul felt it necessary to write this to the Corinthian church and explain to them that you are not a better Christian If you don't eat this cheap meat, if you do eat it, you're not a worse Christian. There's nothing wrong with it because the idols are fake. They're not real. So if you have this knowledge that meat that has been set in front of a gold statue is just as good as fresh meat in the marketplace that everyone else buys, but you pay half price for it. There's nothing wrong with you buying that and saving money. Now there are... There were a lot of Christians who, for whatever reason, saw that as sinful. And they said, I'm not going to eat that meat because it's been offered to a false God. And that would be condoning this false religion. They would not, they would refuse to eat meat that had been offered to an idol. So if they'd been invited to uh, one of their friend's houses and they were cooking steaks, they might intentionally ask, which marketplace did you get this at? When did you buy it? How much did you pay for it? because they felt that eating that food would be a sin to them. So to those Christians, the Bible is saying you should not intentionally harm them and flaunt this meat in front of them and offer it to them to eat if you know that they have a problem with it. So you look at that last verse, 1 Corinthians eight thirteen. it says, wherefore, if meat makes my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. That's very important here that you understand that it's not saying if I offend my brother, it's saying if I cause him to commit an offense against his conscience, it is not saying be a weak little doormat and never offend anybody because Jesus offended a lot of people in his day. No, it's saying don't make my brother to offend or sin against his own conscience. So it would be similar to you have a friend who you know has been struggling with alcoholism. He used to be a drunk or a lush. He finally got his act together, went to AA, graduated. He's been clean for three weeks. You invite him over to dinners to celebrate and you pull out a 24 pack of beer and you pass them around to everybody. You are causing your brother to offend because how easy would it be for him to slip back into that and become a drunkard again because you offered it to him. So it's saying if you know somebody has a problem in one particular area, you should not cause them to commit an offense, to offend their conscience, to sin against their conscience. Because if you do that intentionally, it makes you a sinner. Verse 12, it said, But when you so sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. So while eating the meat is not a sin, intentionally causing someone else to sin against their conscience is a sin. Keep in mind, 1 Corinthians 6:12. even if it is okay for you to do something, it is not always the best choice for you to do it. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So make sure that even if you have the freedom in Christ to drink alcohol or to do something, that you do not intentionally cause problems for other Christians. And then Philippians 4, 5, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Nothing wrong with a drink here and there. Just don't be a drunkard. Do it in moderation. So that's it for today. And please feel free to contact me at angrypatriot42 at yahoo.com. If you have any topics that you would like discussed next time, And I look forward to talking with you again on Thursday. Have a great day.